Support for WERU comes from Maine Boats, Homes, and Harbors Magazine and Show, August 10 through 12 in Rockland. Art, architecture, furniture, food, live music, and boats, boats, and more boats. On the web at mainboats.com. It's just a few seconds before 10 o'clock, and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Wabanaki Windows with your host Donna Loring is up next. Welcome to Wabanaki Windows. <clears throat> I'm your host, Donna Loring. Wabanaki Windows is a monthly show featuring Wabanaki perspectives, topics, and opinions, as well as interviews with Native artists, writers, and people of interest. Today, we will be speaking with Gisitanamuk and Paul Frost of the Wabanaki Writers Project. I have heard lots of good things about this project, and I look forward to hearing some details about its history and some of the work that has resulted from it. So. Let's begin. Uh, <clears throat> let's start with uh, you, Gisitanamuk. Uh, and uh, well, actually, what I'll do is I'll ask you both to introduce yourself, and maybe say a little bit about who you are and, and you know what you're doing and that kind of thing. Well, it's good to be here, Donna. Oh, Thank you for uh, the invitation. Um, I'm Gisitanamuk. Um, my tribal affiliation is uh, from Mashpee on Cape Cod, Wampanoag people. Um, and uh, currently uh, doing some uh, teaching at the University of Maine in Orono. Uh, I do a lot of support work in uh, <coughs> Wabanaki communities throughout uh, the bioregion, including the Maritimes as well as uh, here in Maine and in my own community. And um, uh, I've been a, it's been a real honor to be part of this project and spending time with our, our youth wherever they go, and it's amazing talents that we've, we've been working with, and, uh, and it just astounds me from, um, from the times I've been with, with these young people. You know, so I'm, I'm really impressed with the quality of mind and, and being. So. It was uh, back in 2006 that I met Kisatanama. I was teaching a diversity course at the University of Maine. And who are you? I'm Paul Frost. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. That reminds me. The last poem I tackled, I read it to Cheryl Savageau, and she said, where are you in the poem, Paul? So I have had to work for a year to get myself into it, so thank you for the, for the yeah. coaching. So you are? Paul Frost. Okay. Um, I met Chris Atonimek in 2006 and started a series of amazing conversations, which I know will continue today. Um, one of our conversations centered around um, trying to bring what I saw as gifts of teachers of the main writing project, uh, in that they not only taught writing but wrote themselves to Wabanaki students. And I also saw their need for um, greater understanding of Wabanaki culture. Paul, you're you're a professor at the University of Maine. No, I I was thirty nine years in public school and then retired the University of Maine and and was an adjunct there for six for seven years. Okay. Um. So Gisatanmak and I dialogued and talked about this idea of of 
how would we bring these people who knew something about coaching writing because they did write into a respectful relationship with Wabanhead culture, at least enough so that they could work effectively with Wabanhead students. And we came, boiled it down to a page of our, our thoughts. The next summer I took a course with, a uh, writing course with Vicki Akins. And I said, yeah, I had this idea with Gisitanamuk, and she said, well, let's have lunch. And I shared this page with her. And she said, well, you know, we used to run a writing, not a writing, we used to run a running camp once, I think, at Pikes Peak with nationally known Native American runners and aspiring runners from various Native communities. And she said, I think that would be a good model for the writing, that, that bring the kids into a camp situation and bring in there with them um, a, a writer in residence from the Native community. And uh, that has become the model for the Wabanaki Writers Project. To, and anyway, that's how it started. And uh, my involvement, I guess, since then has just been uh, one of loving what it's all about. I learn every day I'm in it. I learn, Gussie Tanak has begun my, my teacher and mentor. And, uh, and any chance I have to be with the kids is just thrilling. Mm -hmm. So what year was this that, that it started? We, Gisitanamuk and Vicki Akins and I, and then Roger Paul started meeting in 2007, put a grant application in in 2008 to the National Writing Project, and we're one of seven funded that year nationally. Okay. So, um, and then that summer, 2008, we went to Camp Namakanta with kids. So that was when it started, and we've been doing summer camps ever since. Yeah. Um, so what was the, what was, uh, time, what was the goal? What was your vision in these, creating this writing camp, uh, a project, I should <coughs> say? I, I think uh, each of us as coordinators to this, you know, come at this for, for different reasons and from different angles. And my personal angle was, uh, one, you know, to an, to invite people, uh, uh, successful writers, you know, of, of Wabanaki, uh, uh, one, to, to demonstrate to the kids that um, you can become this, you know, that, that your thoughts and uh, uh, your feelings do have a, a, a very significant place in the culture of today, you know, um, and that it can be successful in, in having uh, Wabanaki people as adults could be mentors to this, you know, so that there's no, there's, there's really no uh, boundaries and restrictions and limitations to how we express ourselves as culture. The other aspect of that is that culture is a, a living dynamic, you know. The visions that we have today, the songs that we uh, create today are or Wabanaki songs or Wabanaki visions in the same contextual experiences as our ancient grandmas and grandpas, that this is culture applied, you know, and that our teachings are, are nothing of the past. They're ongoing and dynamic, as is our language, you know. So everything about us is a legitimate experience in, in our culture, you know. So what, uh, what grade levels are these kids at? I, I think we started off as uh, um, in maybe uh, junior high 
level, maybe up to twelfth um, grade. Was that you know mm-hmm. that was yes. about mm-hmm. the range, uh, but we were really flexible and and uh, particularly students that uh, or or young people that uh, actually wanted to participate in the program. So there was really no limitations, but it was sort of the range that we were looking at junior high to a high school level. So that first, uh, was it a, were these camps that you established or were they workshops or what was the first uh, group that you had? What was that? At Namakana Lake Wilderness Camps, we went up there for five days, four nights, and um, uh, they canoed and they climbed to see views of Mount Katahdin and they wrote and shared their writing with each other and with us. One of my stumbling blocks at the beginning was, well, I thought, well, the camp is going to be about teaching writing. And Gisatanmuk and Vicki and Roger were uh, very firm with me. Uh, no, the camp is about building community. And the camp is about sharing culture. And when I lived that, I realized that as community was built and as the cultural leaders like Gisatanmuk and Roger Paul shared the richness of the culture with, with these students, that the writing happened, and their sharing with each other became ever richer, and their writing became richer. So do you have, uh, I'm going to ask you this question, but <laughs> do, do you have an example of maybe a piece of writing that was done at the beginning of this camp, or, you know, one of the very first pieces that was written? Do you have that on hand in there? Well, when they when they when they um, when they first get there, we kind of use an icebreaker of starting a poem with "I am from." Mm-hmm. Do you have that? So I I, I picked out a couple uh, samples from students, and uh, this is not all of their. I didn't take Shh. all of yep. this their poems. I just took samplings from different kids, a, l- a little piece of it. So, oh, yeah, sure. So please don't listen for a beginning or end. It's just what I snatched. Mm-hmm. So out. this is like things that they started out writing. Yes. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so at n- this was at Namakana. Maya Atian started out with, "I am from Vacation Land. I am from the home of my Passamaquoddy ancestors, Split Rock. I am from my language." over 14,000 years old. I am from my friends that I share inside jokes with. I am from the great times on the loop road. I am from annoying teachers with my eighth grade class. I am from my surroundings, which affect every decision that I make in my life. And I'll pause for a minute in case either of you have comments, because I, I always have. Wow. Well, continue. I'll, I'll, I'll butt in when the time is right. Okay. Aqui and Louis wrote, I am from my grandmother and her unconditional love and ice cream cones. I am from my grandfather and his many often told stories from camp memories. I am from my big family who has always supported me and loved me through everything and all my decisions. I am from the river that laps the shore, the shores of a fish-shaped island. I am from my ancestors and my elders who paved and walked the paths before me. I am from my culture, heritage, and values. When one of the things that uh, I wanted to really impress on the young people is, is you know, sometimes there's, uh, when, when they're writing, there's kind of a block. 
and uh, I wanted them to see that that culture is is not just songs and dances and and so forth. It's it's really the the way of being. And uh, by being out there on the land, and getting to know each other as Wabanaki peoples, um, that it's it's life experiences that are the source of our inspirations, you know, and, and this has been true for indigenous people since the beginning of time, you know, and I often look at the, the moon and the stars and, and think that, wow, my, um, all my ancestors, you know, King Philip, you know, all, all, the, all the people that have ever were in my history saw the same moon and walked the same earth, you know, there's that, that richness of, of being and, and in place, you know, place is so important. You know, it's not just a piece of of, of dirt. You know, it, it, it's it's a history. We're walking on our ancestors' breath and bodies. You know, so being in the being a camp like setting, uh, in the experiences, it's really a source of writing. What did you feel? What did you see? You know, um, and in and in that experience. They can write from that, you know, write from each other. And we've had marvelous examples, as uh, as Paul was reading. That sort of reminds me that, you know, when I was a, a kid, that uh, we were not uh, able or, or we were not uh, helped, I guess, to express our thoughts. Mm. And the, 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 the tone was, little pictures should be seen and not heard. So I think that, you know, this writing camp experience and this writing project is hugely, you know, important to these kids to basically have them put their voice out there and, and put some value to their thoughts. And I think it also gives them a certain amount of uh, self-respect as well, enhances their self-image. Mm-hmm. So, And, and they, they write about that quite often at the end. I, I, I can't dive to an example, but quite often at the end of a camp, we will ask them three words to describe their experience, and and it it, it comes down to things. Well, one student wrote, "I never knew writing could be so fun," mm. and I think that's really what we're after. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's a certain validation that comes with getting your thoughts on a page yes. and then sharing it. Yes, I think it's very important rather than having those thoughts just locked up inside your mind when when they read to each other the response from their friends is always authentic and emotional and it's oh i get how scared you were or, oh you must have loved that spot but it's an empathetic identifying response i mean it, it doesn't come at it from what's correct or what else they could have said it it embraces whatever the writer did say. And I think the writers take p- more personal dignity from that. Yeah. My, my relation to, uh, to Paul in all of this, is, uh, it's, it's been um, uh, a, a real eye-opener experience for me too, you know, because he's, he's coming from uh, a, a place that I assume, because I'm living in the culture, you know, and and, uh, and so, it, having this dialogue with Paul and this ongoing friendship that we that we have, uh, really widens my my perspectives a lot about 
and reflections a lot about what culture is. And one of the um, true true benefits of of you know writing is is a tool. You know, we're living in the twenty first century. You know, we can we have all these uh, uh, potentials. You know, we we can have community radio. We can have community television and, and community print and. And uh, one of the um, principles that uh, I so admire of the talent of of what our coordinators come to to this experience and Roger, you know, infusing the language and the stories behind the words, you know, and, and encouraging our the young people to to use that language and to see how that language is so much a part of their being, you know, and the ceremonies and the songs that we share um, that. They come away with these experiences as of being whole human beings and really having a uh, an insightful reflection about themselves as Wabanaki people. You know that this there's a, a living experience about what being Wabanaki is. You know that we can't get from any other sources except each other and in uh, our family with the land. You know, it's just marvelous. Yeah, I think the experience of uh, the language. Uh, in that outdoor situation and uh, it's sort of you, you know if you're sitting in a classroom and you're listening to the language uh, it's just a word you know when you're out there experiencing it it becomes not just a word but part of your being part yeah. of your your spirit part of your understanding yeah and that's the magic I think in in language yeah I mean, you could see where the words and the concepts come from you know, yeah, and that's really that's really important. Yeah, it's it's so embedded in the land, you know, yeah. in the life around us. All of the coordinators write something themselves when we're at camp, and um, Roger always begins his pieces in in Passamaquoddy or Mi'kmaq. And uh, you have an example of. The, of if I can put you on the <laughs> so spot. You're make him read now, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I just, uh, this is Roger at his best, and it's a kind of modeling that the kids. Well, um, I would pronounce these, these words in, in, in my own dialogue, but nochia, kisosok, from the invisible energy that travels through time and space to reach millions of miles in an instant in one specific place where it needs to be. Nochia sit komich, from the soil that is made up of all the molecules of previous lives that have lost their energy and decomposed to become the matter that becomes earth. Nochia sohamonoch, from the lifeblood of our mother earth that quenches all life in its path, only to return and do it all over again and again. Nochia Iwunach, from the breath of the trees and shrubs, to give us life and to bring it all together, to allow us all to move and think, so that we all can be who we need to be. This is uh, from the summer of 2009, Roger Paul. It just Sweet. takes my breath away, you know. Mm. Yeah. So that was your the first gathering that you had? Namakan in 2008 was the first okay, one. No, okay, in 2008. And um, Alan Soccer Basin visited us there. 
And then the following summer, um, the project went to Chiwanki Bigetti on the west branch of the Penobscot. And Marge Bouchak spent the week with us and wrote with the with the students and helped them with their writing. And uh, Marge is just a tremendous talent. I just love the way that she expresses thoughts and 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 um, like like most of uh, uh, the talent in our communities. You know, it's, it's always an interweaving tapestry of 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 uh, the ancient quality of us and our being. And, and molded and shaped and woven into where we are at the moment. And she's just a master at that. I just love the way that she writes. This is an example that she wrote at, at Chiwanki. Wabanaki writers putting all of this to paper, tapping old wounds to trace lines that, in whatever language, catch us unawares, allowing hearts to speak and the lost to be found, giving the ancestors a chance to walk around in our bones, shaping a trail for those who come after. Excellent. Um, now, when you read the I Am poem a while ago, at the, that was their, one of the very beginning exercises that they did. Do you have anything from, like, maybe a little bit further on in the in the project that, that somebody's written? Um. I, I have one from a student who, uh, who wrote it the last, the last night of camp. Um, I, I, I guess there is no, uh, I don't think we see in a week um, phenomenal mm -hmm. improvement uh, in right. writing. I, I was just looking at, what I wanted to get at was the, uh, at the very beginning and then as things moved, how the how the poems sort of uh, either became um, how the, how they how they became actually mm -hmm. uh, what what they were thinking what they were saying during the process. Um, do you have anything from? Well, just just kind of grab one. I mean, I know you have a bunch in there, um, and I I think that uh, my interest really is the what uh, some of the the students were thinking and experiencing during those projects. Well, the the uh, the the last night we were at Namakana, um, Seneca Love um, experienced the evening, and then after the evening was over, he couldn't sleep and he stayed up writing. And the next morning he brought this piece to us, and I'm only taking the last third of it. But I would like to share it, oh, because sure. it shows, shows his experiencing uh, of the sharing that, that Thursday night, and then his living of the evening and the, the writing in the evening and, and uh, coming to us the next morning with his piece. Mm -hmm. He called it Inspirations. And Seneca wrote, Meanwhile, our story begins. We all sit down in the wooden dining room chairs, typing away at our laptops. I observe other pieces of writing, all beautiful in their way. It takes me a while to type mine out, figuring what I want to write about. Sometimes creativity in me 
Creativity in writing for me doesn't come when I call it. It does not work that way. I go to it. I find somewhere with inspiration to find it. Although lots of things have brought me to, to a story, I have more to share, but for some reason I don't. Then a magical night drifts in. We all sit in the dining room talking to one another. A good friend of mine so bravely shares her heartbreaking story with all of us. Tears are shared. Speeches are given about her tragedy. And hugs are passed on to one another. Then stories of the swamp lady of a haunted hospital. And many laughs all bring us back together. A movie is shown about different tribes of North America, and all camp residents come sit around and enjoy. To set the mood of this scene, a thunderstorm rolls in four miles from the lake. Brilliant streaks of purple lightning dash to the mountain, and thunder roars over the valley. We all are beat, but we decide to have a campfire or just sit and write. What peace this place brings to us young, aspiring authors. Campfires where historical stories are shared, wind-blown porch sittings where imaginations run wild, and gatherings in the lodge where we all read aloud our poems, stories, or memoirs. Meaningful movies where we sit and watch, and well, for some of us, sleep. 45-minute hikes where extraordinary views are caught, midday swims when the water is cold, but comfortable. These are memories of this special place and memories that will not be forgotten by me. And let's hope other people too. Although this time has passed and we are all ready for the long trip home, we have come and showed who we are. We have dumped ourselves onto papers, dug up the courage to share deep stories that leave each other speechless and made memories for one another. We are strong, aspiring young writers, and we will not be shunned by people's criticism, hate, and taunting. We will rise up, be who we are, not who they want us to be. We all had something to show, something to inspire one another. This blessing of a camp has united us as one. It has helped me move from being a hidden doodler to a strong poet. I have been looking for inspiration this whole time, when it was right under my nose. Here I discovered that I have inspiration within myself and others. I am inspiration. We are inspiration. Hmm. Well, hmm. that's powerful. Really. When you consider this is a native youth, how, what's the age, you think? I mean, I... I would... Guess he might have been fourteen then. Yeah. He's, and I'm guessing again. I would say he may be a senior now in high school. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, at that mm-hmm. age, you 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 don't think that they have that those deep thoughts that they do, and I. <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, you know, again, when when I was growing up, I I considered myself you know a, a, a deep thinker, and I'm sure that there's many out there, and and this is this is really a, a, a great thing to be doing for for the youth. I just have never seen the the child, European-American or Wabanaki, whom I could not learn from. Well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think we can learn from 
everybody, you know. So that was the, uh, you say the Namakanta Lake? Yes. Mm -hmm. Then there was a bunch of others. You had a, a Chewankee gathering with Marge Burshak, right? Right. Uh, is there anything that stands out with that? I mean, you have a whole list of, of gatherings here, and I'm... Uh, before we go on, I would like to just break for a station identification here. All right, you're listening to WERU, Wabanaki Windows. I'm your host, Donna Loring. We're talking today with Gisitanamuk and Paul Frost of the Wabanaki Youth Writers Project. Uh, thank you for joining us today, uh, and we'll continue our, our discussion. Uh, so there were other, other uh, projects, and that was in... 2008 that that happened and uh, you have one here with uh, Miku you Miku Paul that was after the yes that was uh, in the fall of 2010 yep 2010 and, and that was and uh, it was the Abbey Museum and Miku Paul had a an exhibit there um, of very large panels uh, with um, sepia tone uh, depictions of of Native American history, and um, the students and Vicky and I met in that room with her panels and with her, and uh, she shared some of her poetry with us, and then we wrote and. Uh, we had some younger kids that time. We had some fifth and sixth graders too, um, and some with some students who'd been with us at Namakana. So there are some ongoing students. Hmm. Um, do, do you have any students that have just followed you right, right through? Sort of. Uh, <laughs> Seneca is, it would be one of those. Uh, he hasn't been to every one, uh, but he was at uh, at uh, Main Hudson Trails Flagstaff Lake Hut in uh, I think January 2011. And uh, wrote great stuff up there too. Uh, so I have just a question on some of the things that have been written, the poems that have been written. Uh, are you compiling those into uh, a book of any sort, or will those be published? Well, with the help of, of the Main Writing Project, we put together an anthology of the 2008, 2009, 2010 uh, writings, and. Um, we're now working on the the second anthology, and uh, it, it's a long go. You know, it just is a long go. Uh, we all volunteer our time, and um, um, well, people who are people are working. I mean, I'm retired now, but people who are working yeah. full time, it's it's hard to get that piece. But we're coming close to having the second anthology ready to go. Yeah, and I remember you mentioning something about uh, this project or whatever things that you're doing or. Uh, take some, take some funding, and uh, there are some funders out there that. Uh, yes, we've been we've been very fortunate, uh, and Vicki Akins has been marvelous at looking for new sources too. Uh, but the uh, the first source was of course the National Writing Project, uh, and then following that with some frankly some good uh, coaching from Chowanki Foundation people, uh, we applied for a Quimbley Family Foundation grant. And we got one in uh, 2011 yep. and a previous one in 2009. And uh, uh, they were both very generous grants. 
and they have they have been a, a tremendous help to us. Um, Maine Hudson Trails has contributed. Um, Penobscot Bingo has contributed. I mean, it's just a whole raft. Uh, Delta Kappa Gamma International Society has contributed. So we've, we've been fortunate that way. Um, and as coordinators, we contribute our time, and um, the kids contribute their energies, and it, it just seems to work. Yeah. One, one of my uh, personal hopes, you know, I don't put this on uh, on the project, but uh, uh, I hope that at some point in the future that uh, each of our uh, communities would take on the responsibility of, of ensuring that such projects like this um, um, will be uh, uh, would be maintained by the community and by the you know so that that there's that kind of an ownership and then if we can maintain our 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 connections to different funding agencies but at some point that the communities um, have this resolve that this this is a uh, uh, worth this is a worthwhile project, but it, it also kind of brings in the elders and the and the adults with an interaction of this magnitude with young people, kind of thing, you know. So at some point, that that maybe there won't be um, the, the necessity of worrying about funding when it becomes a project of us, you know, and growing and in partnering. You know. Now, just um, how do you um, decide? Where to hold the the camps and what what do you consider when you're thinking about that? Vicky's kind of made the choices, um, and uh, I the only she has to speak for herself, and I, I hope you have her on sometime. But but my read of her is she she likes it when we changed venues, um, and um, so we again we we've been a lot of places. We were on the Aroostook River at Spruce Haven. And um, we've been at uh, Cobbscourt Community Learning Center. We've been at uh, the last, and the, the, the project, I haven't, I haven't had the, uh, the uh, gumption to snowshoe into Flagstaff <laughs> Lake in January, but, but yeah. uh, uh, the project's been there twice. Uh, it's been, uh, last summer it was at um, Scooter Educational Resource Center in, in Acadia National Park, and we'll be there again this summer. Um, I think that's the first, well, no, Flagstaff and Scudic are the first repeats. But there's a real effort to, to move around, uh, both to give those who come back, I think, a different experience in terms of place and to give um, students from different Wabadaki communities in Maine uh, perhaps more proximity to where we are. So the students, do they just, are they, where are they from? What communities? Well, principally, uh, we've uh, attempted to in be inclusive of all the Wabanaki communities. Uh, one is 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 to um, encourage the students to know that they're from a much bigger family. Uh, but principally here in Maine, um, uh, the majority of the students have come from um, Indian Island, from the Penobscot. Uh, but we've been really mindful of 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 uh, uh, working at uh, the participation from the from the Holton Band and from uh, Orosto County and from uh, the the uh, Passamaquoddy communities, uh, uh, and and we 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 really truly want to 
this to be a Wabanaki experience, you know. So, so we've we've really been, and and I think of late, uh, some of the other communities, uh, particularly the, the Passamaquoddy, have really, you know, been inspired to to be part of this project. One of our learnings was to, um, I don't want to use the word recruit, but to make ourselves known to a community member in each of the communities. And um, so with Sabayak and Minocmacook, um, both those communities, whenever we've had someone in the community uh, come to camp and recruit for camp, uh, we've gotten students. And... Uh, and that's been marvelous. It's marvelous when, when a, a community member of Pleasant Point or Indian Township actually is at camp with kids from that community. And, uh, and they also are the absolute best at, at, at getting kids to come, uh, far better than we can be, and I, I suspect far better than the schools can be. Hmm. So this is a, how often does this happen? Once a year? Or? Well, well yeah, you know, there's there's an ongoing uh, uh, quality to that. I, I think we've we've had uh, um, uh, you know different uh, strategies about you know uh, holding the camps and, and um, uh, so the camps happen every year. Or they're beginning to fall into that place, and we had ongoing workshops and you know Flagstaff being one of those and. Um, I think also what, we had a <laughs> sorry, Paul. Go ahead. What we what we tried to hold ourselves to is is a, is a week long summer camp each summer, and we didn't pull that off in 2010, um, and that was when we went to a, to a Spruce Haven for two days, um, because we wanted to um, spend some time uh, in the Mi'kmaq community, um, and that that was a wonderful two day. But uh, that summer also, we just didn't have the energy for a week-long camp because we, uh, <laughs> we had expended it on grant writing, which is an exhaustive process. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I that was kind of what happened to us that year. But we, we aim for every summer. And then Flagstaff in, in January has just become a, a blessing, thanks to Maine Hudson, thanks to Roger Paul and Vicki. And, and we now have a new coordinator, Melanie Rourke, who's the Old Town High School literacy coach who's frankly um, filling my shoes because I'm too old for that snowshoeing and some of the other <laughs> things, you know. Like. Yeah. So that, uh, that Flagstaff, that's, that's in uh, January, right? Yes. And is that a yearly thing now? Is that starting to be every year? So if you're looking at January, uh, then you're looking at every summer too, so there's like twice a year maybe a year. See, I don't dare speak to that because I don't have to make it happen. And, and uh, uh, Maine Hudson Trails has been generous with us, and uh, uh, Vicky and Roger and Melanie have to do the snowshoe in and so I was like, you yeah, know. We don't want to put Vicky on the spot. No, <laughs> If you're listening, Vicky, we <laughs> we're trying not to. I don't dare to. do that. So, but uh, I know that both of them have been uh, treasure houses of, of memoirs from what Roger and Vicky and Melanie report back. And... And again, I'm uh, involved with typing, uh, along with the others, with typing pieces the kids have written at, the, at Flagstaff. And uh, it's equally wonderful in the winter as in the summer. And, and different because it's a different setting. So 
I think um, we need to hear another poem. If you, you can just tell us, give us a little background before you read. Well, I'm back to Namakana. I keep going back okay. because I was there the whole time and so on. And uh, um, this one happened. The, the, uh, I, I couldn't quite believe it. While I'm struggling to find it, I, I, Okay, give us a background. Uh, while I'm struggling to find <laughs> it, uh, I, I want to tell you about my first <laughs> misstep at Namakata. I was staying in a cabin with Gisatonic. We'd just arrived, and I'd put my pack on the bed and came down the steps of the cabin and immediately tripped on a root. <laughs> Went flayed out, belly up and belly down, and there were three or four... Wabanaki teenagers standing right there. <laughs> well, the previous, uh, two years previous, I had taught seventh graders. And, and uh, uh, so I was prepared for a fair amount of laughing and ribbing. There was none. It was, Paul, are you okay? That was the instant response. And I then, I knew I was in a different culture. Hmm. So... So. Okay, so Kisitanamuk, uh, while well, he's looking for that, <laughs> for that poem. Uh, I do you got it? Okay, yeah. all right. So the last day at Namakana, which was uh, on, on a lake, obviously, um, Brianna Dana, uh, the very last morning as we were beginning to pack up laptops and so on, she, got, she just suddenly got inspired. She sat there and started typing, and this is what came out. She read it to us that morning. Empty pages flutter in the breeze as I take my last look at the lake. Laughter, memories, tears, and stories were all shared at this magical place, now so ready to be abandoned. Bags are packed and people are busy, none stopping to admire the beauty of the lake. Boats flipped, bugs slapped, and swimmers shivering are all a part of the magic in the lake. But now all are ready to leave, ready to go home, and ready to leave friends. But the memory of the lake will be imprinted on our minds forever. Wow. When you're, you do remember those things, you know? You really do. I, I keep saying, <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There are things that I, you know, that just stay with you, and, and you know, and, and you know, when I hear those uh, those pieces of work, you know, and I, I just feel so uh, so privileged to to be part of this kind of a history, you know, a history in their lives, and uh, some of the other uh, writers, uh, in in you know, for me, the it's it's not so much the writing, but it's the uh, it's the the moment where they're reaching in into their deepest feelings and they're sharing it and they're sharing it in an atmosphere, you know that that they feel really strongly connected to, you know, and and, and to me that's that's the uh, you know that's the that's the empowerment of 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 all the effort that we 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 put into uh, creating the moment, you know, 
in the in the off hours and and all the volunteer meetings and, and the project writing and so forth. But you know, it's it's those incredible moments that uh, make me feel so privileged, and 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 it empowers me to reflect on even my own ongoing history and in the connection with with land and sky. Now you were involved with the National National Writing Project, is that correct? National Writing Project? Yes, well, the, the uh, National Writing Project is a, is a, was an organization with sites at 200 universities around the country. <coughs> and the sites were committed to um, improving writing, teaching in schools by taking people who teach writing and actually having them write with other writers to provide, if you will, a kind of university Wabanaki writer's experience. Um, and uh, their Royal Sites Network funded us the first year. And, uh, and the University of Maine, Maine Writing Project continues to handle our, our bookkeeping. Um, but um, they also, the National Writing Project uh, published on their, their website a, a story, a feature story uh, sharing Wabanaki, uh, that talked about Wabanaki Writers Project in Maine and a similar project in Montana. And the, pro and the title of the article was uh, Indian Education for All Grounded in Culture and Place. And um, so the, um, through the magic of cyberspace, in that, as the article came out, I began to have lots of correspondence with the Montana people. And they tend to take, uh, Montana has a, a mandate similar to LD-291, and they tend to take their kids um, from public school to various um, Blackfeet sites and do things there. Um, and they get writing springing out of that. And the, the Montana Division of Public Instruction has all kinds of um, literary units, uh, Sherman Alexis and jo 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 Joseph Bouchak and so on and so on, that are all ready for teachers to run with so that Indian Education for All in Montana, Montana is also an experiencing of Native American literature and not just history and dates. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, a piece that came out of that called Hear My Words, See My Thoughts, Teaching Suggestions that Encourage Wabanaki Student Writers. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Donna, mm -hmm. because uh, dear I think to my that's heart important is, here, yeah. Dear to my heart is, is this, this haunt that um, if you have three Wabanaki students in your classroom someplace, you can't necessarily take them out in the wilderness and have on tap cultural leaders like Gisatama and Roger Paul. Um, but we think we learned some things that are supportive and, and vital to, to doing, I want to say doing well, coaching Wabanaki writers, student writers, and also uh, growing ourselves wherever we teach. And... Uh, so I guess I'd start by saying Wabanaki writers, like uh, students, uh, like all other writers, write best when they're writing about what they know about and care about. 
But unlike other writers, Wabanaki students face twin challenges of bridging the culture between their own culture and the European-American culture, often without any models of Native American literature, only European-American models. And with all of us knowing in public school that models of good writing are essential, and, and I would like to amend that to models of good writing within your own cultural traditions, within your own family, are, are essential for Wabanaki students. And to get there, public school teachers need to become familiar with the vast literature that is out there. Um, and then, all right, so anyway, uh, one thing that seemed to us necessary for, for as a suggestion for those who teach Wabanaki students, that, that teachers need to become open-minded learners of Wabanaki culture so that they enter it not as, with judgments or contrasts and comparisons, but with just an appetite to learn, to appreciate. Um, that they need to encourage Wabanaki students to write from a Wabanaki perspective and context. When, which is, of course, we can only write whatever we're writing, even an essay, we have to write from within ourselves. And for Wabanaki students, uh, they have to write from within themselves. Uh, at at Namakana, Alan Saka Basin said to the students, you will only write when you embrace your own culture. And a lot of them seem to, seem to get that. You know. um, but so I think teachers need to encourage that. Well, how do you do that if, if well, the first step is become a learner of Wabanaki culture yourself. And the second step, I, I would please maybe to appeal to the communities, uh, could one of the cultural leaders or could one of the parents come into the classroom and share a little bit? And at camp, Roger Paul and Gisatanamak are not coaches of writing. That's not their background. And yet they are the best coaches we have because they sit there, they listen actively, and they say to the kids, yes, you have a story. Yes, you have a poem. Yes, it's significant. And that's the, the, the exact nurture those kids need. I'm, I'm uh, without sounding too political, uh, but we have, um, we have this ongoing historic relationship with the people around us, you know, I often I, I recall uh, Floyd Westerman once uh, responding to a, a statement that uh, Indian people are the subculture of the United States, whereas the reality is the United States is a subculture of Indian country. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, and when we think about, you know, the. The treaties, and and you know, regardless of the the context of the treaties, it's the protocol that exists between nations, nations to nations. You know, and um, one of the uh, um, necessities of of being a human resource to this project is to equip our young people with a sense of themselves. 
you know, a sense of culture, a sense of identity, a sense of belonging, a different way of of looking at the land as, you know, rather than a real estate that we look at the land as a source of our being. You know, and so even in this context and in the context of uh, American public education, what we're really talking about here is nation to nation. We're talking about the treaty protocol that exists and that needs to exist. You know, so when uh, when Paul is talking about, you know, inviting, um, you know, the reaching out to the communities, that it's within that kind of a construct that we are sending our kids as as nationals of of the Wabanaki Confederacy. You know, so that there's an expectation of a mutual respect kind of thing. And until maybe we we have our own tribal colleges and our own technical colleges as as Wabanaki people, uh, uh, in the University of Maine and in the public education school system, you know, uh, we need we need to bridge these historical gaps in our relationship. You know? So. That, from my perspective, these are and from some mine of the is that, that we need to, as European Americans, reach for humility and become learners, and that only by doing that can we do our share of the bridging yeah. and become allies. Yeah, yeah, and I think the uh, the Confederacy is uh, looking at that yes. that same issue of of uh, bringing in allies. Making the relationship real and significant, you know, rather than just giving some some descriptive label to it, but actually that people feel this relationship and connection to each other. Yeah. And and this year's Confederacy is built on that that premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to say anything more about the Confederacy, or? Um, well, um, at, at least from that from that um, that standpoint, that uh, I think it. I think this year's Confederacy will be meeting in uh, in the uh, Malsey community of Echbahag, uh, which is in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Um, several land scenarios, land issues that are taking place. One is known as fracking, and then there's some open pit mining, and and here we're experiencing the the um, uh, the issue about. Um, uh, what is that? Uh, Cedar, was it Cedar Ridge? I can't think of it. But but uh, there's an expansion of a landfill that. Uh, oh, Juniper. Yeah, Juniper, Juniper Ridge. Juniper Ridge. Yeah. You know, and so you know, people uh, outside of uh, Indian country are really naturally worried about their homesteads and what's happening to the land, and now they're beginning to reach out to uh, First Nations and in forming a way of of approaching these these questions. In, in uh, uh, built on this um, uh, ability to reach out to each other, so that the Wabanaki Confederacy uh, historically have always met among themselves, and now they're opening up this to the to the public at the last day to talk about the relationship and to talk about what it means to be an ally and working together. Um, and this hasn't happened for at least 250 years, so this is historic in its making. Right, and that's coming up this August. Yeah, latter part of August. Uh, do you have uh, one more poem you'd like to read while we uh, sign off here? You got uh, the one that found something? me was a poem by um, Vince Louis at 
written at the Abbey Museum, and um, <clears throat> it's called 10 Years Old. And this was probably Vince's first time with us. He's been with us since. And he writes, when I was 10, I liked going in the woods behind my house. There was a big pine I liked to climb. In the woods, I feel at peace. When I was 10, my uncle died. I was heartbroken because he was like a dad to me. I never had a real dad. That day when I was 10, I came home after school. My mom told me that he died. I ran out of the woods and climbed the big pine tree and started crying. I could not keep myself from not crying. The first time I ever went fishing with him was with him. I caught a catfish. Whenever I went to visit him, I had lots of fun. At his funeral, I was crying my eyes out. But when I saw him in his casket, he looked at peace. And that was what mattered to me. Now, whenever I am in the woods, I always think of him. Every time I go into the woods and climb that big pine tree with rocks around it, I think of him and feel at peace. Mm. Hello. Very good. All right. I think we're going to uh, close with that poem. And uh, you're listening to Wabanaki Windows. I'm your host, Donna Loring. We've been talking to Gisitanamuk and Paul Frost of the Wabanaki Youth Writers Project. Thank you for joining us today. And the music you're hearing is from a CD by Rolf Richter, a track called Little Eagles. Um, and thank you again, and hope to uh, see you or speak to you again next month. <laughs>